Hello, and welcome to Finding My New Voice. I'm your host Kevin Tuhus. This is a podcast dedicated to cancer survivors and those who are currently battling cancer. This is Season 1, Episode 7. Due to the aggressive throat cancer I had, they were forced to remove my voice box. So my parts will be done with a computer-generated voice. This podcast is a platform for anyone who has had their life impacted by cancer to share their stories. Whether you're a survivor, currently in treatment, or had a loved one diagnosed with cancer, please feel free to visit our website at https colon forward slash forward slash www.findingmynewvoice.com. You can leave comments or submit video or audio clips. You can also leave a message simply by clicking on contact, scrolling down and completing the form. On your cell phone, tap on the hamburger button, then tap on contact and scroll down. I feel very fortunate to have some guests on for the next few episodes. Not only does it bring some variety to the show, but it also allows me to engage with people in a one-on-one setting. What happens when I leave the house to run errands is more along the lines of interactions, because generally they are very brief and pertain to the reason for going to that establishment or venue. Communicating usually isn't too much a problem. I have a 6-inch by 4-inch LCD board that I write on, and then erase it. It's kind of like an etch-a-sketch, except you just push a button to clear the screen instead of shaking it. It definitely serves its purpose in those situations. One of the little things in life I took for granted is simply carrying on a conversation. The best way I can describe it is, that it's like a time delay. It can take me anywhere from, 10 or 20 seconds to write out a response. So even though I have learned to be concise, it can be frustrating to have to limit all the things you want to say down to, 5 or 10 words. And while people are willing to indulge this method for a couple minutes, anything beyond that can be bothersome. And I can understand that. Not to mention, if I'm in a group of people, by the time I write out something funny or that contributes to the discussion, they have moved on to one or two different subjects. All this can add up to create a certain sense of isolation. So doing a face-to-face interview can be a treat, even though my part consists of short questions on 3 by 5 cards that I hand to the guest. If I'm asking good questions it will provoke an answer they have to think about and that's close enough to a conversation for me. Another thing I wanted to address is in regards to using different voices during the ask and answer segment on the last show. I wanted to create an interview format instead of using a single voice that would have made it sound like one long monologue, making it difficult to distinguish the important information in the responses, and I think that goal was achieved. The original intent of using a few diverse voices was an attempt to provide a little variation and to prevent it from sounding like a narration of a book on tape. The last episode was the first time I intentionally tried to create the illusion of two separate identities. I'll be honest. I have considered doing that from time to time since the second show. But with a very unusual motivation. In an effort to sensationalize the show, and build a popular audience, I'm ashamed to admit that I have contemplated making up characters. The next step would be, having two of them express opposing ideologies and constantly be embroiled in a conflict. I would also have two of them be in an, on-again, off-again relationship and fabricate some drama. The greatest part is, Any combination would work in both scenarios. Whether it's two men, two women or a man and a woman. One reason I haven't done this is, just because all the successful shows have these elements doesn't mean I'm willing to pander. 
The second, and truly most important reason is, I believe this would be a gateway to full-blown schizophrenia. And with a mind like mine that is constantly on the edge, I see no need to deliberately push it over. That was a joke, I hope you laughed. It is this same rationale that stops me from trolling myself on the website. Okay, that's enough about my psychosis. March and April had its highs and lows. One of the highs was having my uncle visit from Nevada which allowed me to conduct this impromptu interview. So, without any further ado, here's my uncle Pete. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Tell us your name, age, and current occupation. My name's Peter Tuhus. I'm 69. Current occupation is I'm retired. What did you do before retirement, and for how long? Before retirement, I worked for the post office for 28 years. Have you ever done anything like this before? Say a radio or television interview, or a podcast? No, I've never done anything like this before. Is there anyone else in your life besides me and my mother that has been stricken with cancer? Other than I have some, some friends who've had cancer. Um, one about the same time as you did. And uh, he's had it for two or three, three years. He's um, he says he's um, he doesn't use the word remission, but it's stable. He uses the word stable for his cancer. How long have you known him? I've known uh, Joe is his name, and I've known him for. 40, 45 years. Do you know how he found out he had cancer? And do you know what type? I believe it was just a routine checkup. They discovered he had cancer. It was uh, lung cancer. Do you recall what kind of treatment he was getting? Or is receiving now? He had uh, uh, radiation and uh, chemo, chemotherapy and radiation for, I, I would think, around nine months, I think. And maybe it maybe started with one or the other. I, I'd kind of forgotten what, uh, but he was, he was doing the treatment, I think, at least, at least nine months to a year, possibly. And the only, the only thing he's doing now is um, he goes back like every three months or so just for uh, uh, CAT scan, I think. he's. Any idea where he underwent treatment? Yeah, he went uh, underwent treatment at the University of Wisconsin Cancer Center in Madison. Was he confident in the competency of the doctors and the medical staff? Oh, he thought their, uh, Joe thought the doctors were uh, totally competent and the medical staff was great. He thought it was incredible. He really, really appreciated him. 
All treatments have negative side effects. Did he ever mention anything as far as being too much to bear? They, I think they nicked his diaphragm or something. Something went wrong and he had to have, I don't, I don't know if you can have it removed, but it's damaged, his diaphragm. And he, he gets tired much faster. He was a very active person. Um, he has like six acres outside of Madison, and he uh, you know, was always working on that. But uh, I've actually worked with him, gone back on vacation, and uh, helped him do some jobs that he, because he just gets too tired. He gets tired fast. But he looks great. I mean, he, he actually... I mean, he, he does look really good. You wouldn't think he has any Ill, illness at all. And I have seen him during, before he started treatment, and after he started treatment, and he looked looked great. Yeah. Anything I didn't ask that you would like to comment on? I, Joe mentioned often about in detail i was amazed at how much i mean he he was like a, t talking to a doctor he knew all the medical names for every medicine he was getting and the treatments he was getting he was really involved with it you know maybe if i'm lucky joe will be a guest on the show sometime at this time, we would like to remind you to get regular checkups and cancer screenings whenever possible. After this brief musical intermission, we will continue to hear from Peter Tuhus of Sparks, Nevada. The theme for this episode is hard rock. That was a couple of clips from a song called Theory of Everything by an artist named Jet Start. We now return to finding my new voice. Along with closing comments, I'm going to conclude part one of the Peter Tuhu's interview. Part two will air May 15th. Once again, here's Pete. If you're okay with it, I would like to talk about you and create a record about our family according to your perspective and memories. Okay, that's fine. Is there anybody you would like to say hello to? Oh, just grandkids, family. And it's, uh, 
it's great to be here. I'm here visiting in uh, Arizona. Uh, everybody else is, uh, I got uh, two daughters and a son. Uh, it's uh, Maggie, her husband Patrick, the grandkids, Henry and Matilda, ages uh, really six and oh, five and seven. Oh, he'll, he'll be seven in April. And uh, Henry will be seven in April. Matilda is five. Um, my second child was Carolyn. And uh, she's a dog groomer, has her own dog grooming business. Her husband's name is Matthew. And then my youngest is Canute. And his fiance is named Allie. Uh, they all live in Reno, close by, in Sparks, actually, close by to where I live. And we see them often. And Canute is a family name? Yeah, Canute is the name of our, my uh, grandfather and my uh, brother. They're both named Canute. We, uh, my brother, we uh, have always called Nick. Uh, we always call Canute Canute, <laughs> and because we thought if we were going to give him the name, we got to use the name. So, but uh, how hard was it to convince your wife at the time to name him Canute? Uh, not hard at all. It wasn't hard to convince uh, Karen to name him Canute. We just discussed it, and and we discussed. We, I mean. Uh, we've always kind of, uh, I don't know exactly how the tradition works, uh, if it was done before, but uh, uh, my oldest brother was named Ken after my dad, and his middle name was Oli, which was the grandfather, so we named the kids after uh, the grandparents' name, uh, my father's and my mother's parents. Apparently, there was no consideration of how life on the playground would be with a name like Canute. Oh, actually, actually, I think he really liked the name. The kids seemed to like the name. He never got a hard time, to my knowledge, he never got a hard time about his name. In fact, I think it was the opposite. People enjoyed, uh, you know, a different, a different name. There was a story with it. It's an unusual name, but it's not a goofy name, so... You know, I don't think anybody was running around calling him Canut or anything like that. It would have fit, but I don't think he 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 never he never mentioned that. And um, now when I run into friends, you know, people that said they go into school with him at, at the same time, they said they never knew anybody, you know, never knew anybody named Canute before, and they seemed to. I think they, I think it there was no problem like that that I've ever heard. Unlike my dad, most of your formative years were in Madison, Wisconsin. Would you say it was a pretty ideal environment to grow up in? Yeah, I thought growing up in Madison was, was fantastic. I, I was very, very fortunate, uh, especially because I knew my older brothers moved a lot. And I was in Madison for the whole time I was in school. 
from kindergarten, well, before kindergarten. I, I think we moved there. I was maybe three or four. I'd have to ask Nick. You would know, probably. But uh, anyway, I was three or four and moved uh, and was there until I graduated high school. So, and it, it it's a college town, so, and it's a beautiful country, uh, a lot of appreciation for the environment. Um, yeah, it was a great place to grow up. I've, I've always said that. I might not have thought it at the time, but ever since I've had a chance to go other places, I like it very I was glad I grew up there. You developed many friendships there, some of which you still maintain to this day. Oh, I yeah, I would say most of my friendships. Uh, I'm still very close to uh, a friend of mine, Greg, who we met when we were like five years old. And last year we went uh, camping up in Canada, uh, up by Duluth. In that area all around Wisconsin and then he came out and we traveled all over Nevada and so I'm very close to him I've known uh, Joe for 40 45 years um, there's other people uh, uh, that I that I've known and I and will contact occasionally but I have fond memories of most you know I've got uh, went back for my 50th class reunion. It was just like no time had passed at all. It was a lot of fun and I uh, appreciated growing up there. We have reached the end of part one. Part two will be released on May 15th. Then on June 1st, I will be joined by one of the surgeons who performed in both of the very lengthy and risky procedures I had done last year. I really gotta hand it to my uncle. He had no idea we were going to do this, but was willing to help me out, so I could get more comfortable with the interviewing process. In fact, it had crossed my mind a couple of times before he got here, but once he arrived I figured I would let him enjoy his vacation. And then on the afternoon before he left I thought, what the hell, who knows when I would talk to him in person again. So I prepared some questions, and sprung it on him that night. Considering that was his first time on the microphone, I think he did a pretty damn good job. One of the incredibly low points of the last two months is when I learned of the passing of an extremely dear friend. Raymond Seibert. I can't help but feel compelled to do a tribute show dedicated to a man who was like a brother to me. I expect to release that around the third week of May. Moving on to my version of a sports segment. I understand defensive back. Damar Hamlin, of the Buffalo Bills is in training to return to the NFL after suffering a cardiac arrest following a collision with another player in January of 2023. This is the personification of what this show is all about. The true definition of perseverance. The Phoenix Suns have advanced to the second round of the NBA playoffs, but got their asses kicked in Game 1 against the Denver Nuggets. The Arizona Diamondbacks are doing well, and are currently in first place in their division. The game I was lucky enough to attend on April 7th, ended in a victory against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and finished with a stunning fireworks display to the songs of Guns N' Roses. I think the fact that I am playing guitar again has really helped my pool game. Because it has made my left hand stronger, 
and I can now form a bridge with three fingers instead of two. I have been going out to the practice greens at local golf courses to bolster my stamina. The next step is to build up my strength on the driving range, eventually leading to actually playing a round of golf. Thank you so much for connecting with me. Once again, here is our contact information, along with some final thoughts. Until next time. You can find the website at https colon forward slash forward slash www.findingmynewvoice.com. You can leave comments or submit video or audio clips. You can also leave a message simply by clicking on contact, scrolling down, and completing the form. On your cell phone, tap the hamburger button, then tap on contact and scroll down. Before I go I would like to acknowledge one of the greats, and a true philosopher on life in a modern world. Even though he has been dead for 26 years, his words still ring loud and speak the truth. Christopher Wallace Also known as, The Notorious B.I.G. Damn right I like the life I'm living, because I went from negative to positive. And when asked about family, Biggie Smalls replied, Take a better stand, put this money in my mom's hand, get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Finally. And if you don't know, now you know, you know. You loved it when we called you Big Papa.